So I have a question for you. How do you answer? How do you answer the question that people ask um, maybe all too often? You get it asked a lot. I've already had it asked of me a couple, two, three times this morning. Maybe you have too. How do you answer the question, how's life? How are things going for you? You know, that question is asked sometimes just randomly out of the blue with, you know, no real understanding or thinking about what the answer might be. But sometimes it's asked very intentionally. Because people know that things are at work in our hearts and in our lives, and so they ask the question, how's it going? How, how's life treating you? That kind of question can ask in different ways. And isn't this true as well? That when that question gets answered, sometimes, especially if things are good, things just kind of gush out, right? You just share some things about what's happening, what's going on in your life, but then at other times, there's that pause. And you have to think a minute. maybe for reasons only known to you. And then there are those times, is this not true, when you really would rather not answer because you don't want to go there emotionally. So you just spit out some pat answer. So big pardon for asking. But I ask on behalf of the Lord, how's life? And I don't know what you're thinking about when that question is asked, but I hope you consider it. Especially this morning as we get into God's Word and you think about life and what that can mean. This morning is really week two, but start of a series entitled Life Together, Our Journey in Jesus. I'm going to be looking at truth over the next few weeks about what it means to live life as a follower of Christ and the things that he shares about how to navigate it and how to make it through it because it's not easy. So I wondered if you could, before we read the passage, um, envision this for a moment. So hopefully you can all get there. Just a little bit of, you know, God wants you to focus on His Word and truth when we get that. But, but just right now, think about this. So if you have to close your eyes to do this, it's okay. So imagine yourself in a car and you're sitting with Jesus. It's just the two of you. You're in the car with Jesus, and then in front of you, you can see out the windshield on the road big bold letters painted on the road you know like when you pull up and it says stop or something or cross or whatever so big bold letters on the road painted and it says your life and then there's two big arrows pointing straight ahead so you're in the car with Jesus big bold letters your life arrows pointed ahead are you there? Can you see it? Can everybody see that? Are you in that car with Jesus? Okay, so here's a question I have for you. Who's driving? 
You know, I have to admit that when I first thought of that, it was me. I'm behind the wheel. I'm kind of looking at Jesus, you know. First thing, as we get into this passage and then we get into what it means in terms of living life and living life together, biggest mistake you could make would be to be behind the wheel. If you're the one who's driving your life, you're going to drive it to where you want to go. So I really hope that when you envision that, maybe you can change it up now. If you're the one who was behind the wheel, put your car in park, get out, walk around, let Jesus slide over, and you sit in the passenger seat. And then you get ready to roll. Maybe it happens like this. You're sitting there, and I hope this is how you live life each and every day. You get up, you have a conversation, you're looking at Jesus, and he, maybe he looks back at you and says, you ready? You ready for what today is going to bring? You ready? Nod and say, yeah. And he says, let's roll. And off you go. And as you go throughout the day and you gulp and you wonder, you hear Jesus repeatedly saying, I've got this. I'm in control, remember? I'll take you to where you need to be. Well, this morning, I hope that you can steer your hearts. Let Jesus steer your hearts towards the truth that he wants to share with you and me. Romans, uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 to 27. So open up your hearts and hear the word of the Lord. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do do it to get a crown that will last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I don't run like a person running aimlessly. I don't fight like a person beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This is the word of God. Might it be written in our hearts, lived in our life. So there's another visual for you, another way of racing. This is speaking about running. I guess I can resonate more with a car because my days of running around, I still run around a little bit, but not nearly as much as I used to. But it starts out in verse 24 speaking about a race. And if you were to read verses 15 to 23, you'd you'd understand he's speaking about life and about running the race of life. But he throws out an analogy here of of a race that is a human race. And I want you to think about that. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? That's how we usually do things in the world, right? So you can think about it, whether it's a race, you can think about a sport, you can think about a game, you can think about an activity, anything that it is. There's winners and there's losers. 
And in a race, a foot race, you're standing there and you're lined up and there's a tape down there and the first person who gets to it is the one who wins, right? Is that not true? So there's some things that he wants you to take away from that in terms of how you know the world goes and the way that life goes, but yet to put it in the context of running a race that God has planned for you, something entirely different than all of the races we seek to run and that we do run in this thing called life. Where the world is constantly pulling out that understanding of winning and losing. We get that ingrained in us. And quite honestly, it can be incredibly defeating, can it? I want you to think about it. I just use sports as an example and games. I mean, even puzzles. Isn't we any puzzle makers here? And so you, you got like a thousand word puzzle, right? And you get fixated on a certain spot and you can't find that stupid piece. Anybody ever been there and you're kind of like, you don't want to let it beat you, you know? You start looking for that piece and it just becomes consuming. Why? Because you want to find that piece and you want to show it who's boss. You're going to stick it in that puzzle. Then there's all those other things in life, right? Do we get trained and conditioned that way? To live the life that the world lives in the way that the world wants us to live it. And so when we think about running the race, knowing that only one gets a prize, when we think about all of the other ways and the prizes that are out there that the world says, here, run to me, what are they? You know them. Power, success, fame, fortune, stuff, money. There's winners and losers all the time, right? About how we look or don't look. About the smarts we have or that we don't have. About the things we have or don't have. On and on it goes. Just one thing after the other. Winners and losers. That's how the world runs its races. And that's how Satan wants us to run. To be discouraged, to be consumed, to be thinking about all of the things that are there in terms of running the race. And we even have sayings about it, right? Rat race, pretty true, I think. But when God is speaking about running the race in such a way to get a prize, He's talking about a completely different race. His race. And the one that He gave you breath to breathe, to suck in, to live to run your life. One that he has planned and designed. So beautiful, so wonderful, so much more than what we make it when we choose to run the race that the world wants us to run. A different way of running because it's a completely different race. But yes, he wants you to run the race to win. What does that mean? Because he, he says it right here, right? Run, run the race in such a way as to get the prize or, or, or to win. 
if you could, could kind of like draw it up, if, if you could get inside of God's head and you'd say, what does that mean and what does that look like for me to run the race that you have set before me, God, the race that you want me to run, what would that race look like? And what would it mean to win at that? Because that's what he wants. That's what he's sharing here in the, in the passages about. Running in such a way to get the prize. Well, you, you need to know, or hopefully you understand already, and it might not be true for everybody here, but the only way that you can hit the tape at the end and win in this race called life is by having Jesus Christ in it. You, you, you know the truth. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father except how? Through me. Romans six twenty three. Wages of sin are death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3, 16. You know the verses. You know the truth. And we, we, we understand some of that terminology, Savior, forgiver of sins. That's where the race begins. And the path is set to win when we get to the end. And then there's everything in between. So life as a follower of Jesus starts when you ask him into your heart. And unfortunately, and, and this is not me speaking, this is God speaking. Again, you just heard it. I'm the way, the truth, life. No man comes to the Father except through me. There are going to be people who don't win in the end. But they could have. It's a free gift. God offers it to everybody. And that's the hope. I think of the passage, we're going to get to them in just a few minutes, verses 26 and 27, but running around aimlessly, et cetera, et cetera. I shared an illustration about that not too terribly long ago. That's, and you think about the, the, the world and what is happening in the world and all of the craziness that just running around without any kind of direction or aim, but chasing after this or chasing after that. So you see, God has something bigger and better for you planned. And so he said, hey, here's, here's the starting place. Here's how you win. And then that running is everything in between. Lordship, letting him lead in life. And he doesn't, doesn't give you a life for you to run it in control or for you to be the one calling the shots or just wondering, oh, what does that mean and what does that look like? I asked you that question not too terribly longer just a couple minutes ago about what would it look like in terms of your life mapped out and planned by God well he gives you some pretty clear understanding about that right it's called the word this is the playbook right here and the gift of the Holy Spirit to understand it to have it come to life words living from day to day moment by moment your race And what it means to run and to run with vigor and energy. And to run in such a way as to claim the prize all along the way. Have you ever talked to um, marathon runners? I had a guy in, in a church I served in Fremont that was a, he did Iron Man things. And I would often ask him, I said, you know, I could never do that. At least I couldn't envision myself doing it. And I said, so when you're at the last part of that and you're just, your body just beat up and you can't even, can't even hardly think about it, 
I said, what do you think about? He says, the next step. And so every step that he took, he would just focus on that, and he would stay determined on finishing. Mental focus, fortitude, perseverance, grit, all of those things, what, what it took to get to the end. And we know that we all have in the race called life an end. There is a tape. And then we blow past, uh, blow past it into, into life forever. It's an end only in a physical sense. And that's why God wants us to understand what the real race is that we're running. And why He begs us, urges us to run in such a way as to win the prize. Life is short, a blink of an eye. He acknowledges how hard and how difficult it is to do that. You get into verse 25, where it really explains purpose and the prize. They're very clear. Verse 25 says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Think about that for just a minute. And, and he just says, the, the, again, just before that, run in such a way to, to compete the prize. And then it says, everybody who competes in the games goes into strict training. And I want you to think about the living of life. And I want you to think about the living of life as it relates to running a race for Jesus, your life as, as a follower of God. The training that goes into that. If it is, of course, being run in such a way as to, as to win. And what does it mean to win as a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, I think we have a mission statement about that. Focus and purpose in terms of why it is that God gave you grace. And why he lets us live life together. Winning people for Christ, equipping them to serve. Salt and light. Eternal purposes. So it speaks about strict, strict training. And, and, you know, I have a lot of admiration for Olympic athletes who win. I think about all of the sacrifice and all of the time and effort. And if anybody has competed in any sport and been halfway successful at it, you know it didn't come by accident. You had to train, you had to compete, you had to practice, you had to do all different kinds of things. And when you think of somebody being the best in the world at that, doesn't that just kind of blow your mind? You know, we see the races and we think, oh man, no big deal. And they're running against people who, I mean, when you're talking about thousands of seconds deciding races and everything, and these people, that's all they do. Four years straight, I'm thinking of the Olympics again. And all the training and all the things, and you're talking about all of the hard work. And then I think, what would the world look like? What our churches look like? What would our lives look like if we approached following Jesus like Olympic athletes do winning their races? All that it takes to be a champion. Think about it. All that it takes to be a champion for Jesus. For you to be the best in the world at being a follower of Jesus, what would it look like? What would it look like for us to, 
to be able to achieve that goal or have that thought. The reality is it doesn't need to be just one. It could be everybody. See, everybody wins. Everybody can be a champion. Because the race that you're running is your life and the plans that he has for you. And he wants you to think about what that looks like and what it means to train and discipline yourself and the things that go along with that in terms of being salt and light. You don't need to look at the other runners. You don't need to compete with anybody else. It's just you on your journey with the Lord. And the prize is clear. The second part of verse 25. They do it to get a crown that will not last. So the Olympics were happening even in Jesus' time and in the time of of the writing of First Corinthians. He's referring to the Olympics when he says the games. And he understood what the prize was. Do you know what they got back then? A couple of things. Yeah, they got a crown that had olive leaves in it. And sometimes if you came from the right kind of town, there was prestige that went along with that. They only had a couple of events, not anything like the Olympics today. But if you, you really were a great Olympic champion, maybe you were able to do it a couple of times, you'd even get a statue made in your honor outside the, the town. And of course, today, when you think of Olympic champions, what happens, there's gold medals, there's a lot of prestige, celebrity status, and there's a lot of cash. But those things don't change, but they do Fade away, rot, and spoil. As First Peter says, they don't last. Can anybody here tell me who won the 100-yard, 100 meters, 100-meter race in the last Olympics? Can anybody tell me who was the curling champions? I know you all watch curling. Pick your sport. Pick your race. Was it hugely important for that person at the time? Absolutely. Is it still something that's probably a part of their lives? No, no doubt. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. A crown that will last forever. There's real purpose and there's a real prize in running a race for Jesus Christ. And he challenges us and wants us to run with real and lasting purpose. See, the Lord, unlike us at times, doesn't want us to waste our days doesn't want us to flounder, to run around aimlessly, to do things that are unimportant in this thing called life. And we would all readily admit, if we were honest, that we have stretches and times when we do that. And I would submit to you that um, 
It's not just true, of course, of individual followers of Jesus Christ, but also for churches. See, Satan is, is really, really good. Whether it's, again, us individually or people together to get us distracted, derailed. He makes us look at things that are unimportant. And he makes us look at things also, and they really attractive, really lucrative in the world. All kinds of things that are just all right. And every time he's able to do that, regardless of whether it's an individual person or a body of Jesus Christ, the, the focus is always not on him and not on that tape and finish and not on what it means to be salt and light. It's always about you. He says, can you, can you run with real and lasting purpose? Can you stay focused on me from day to day and the things that I'm sharing about the mission that you have, the purposes that you have? It takes vision. It takes work. It takes perseverance. It takes a lot of focus. Again, a lot of grit. Even if you think about where your mind has already went, when you think about your life and what does it look like to be a champion for Jesus, you know that some of those things are in place and some of them not so much. Running the race with real and lasting purpose looks a lot different for each one of us than the lives that we're living. What does that mean? What does that look like? That's for you to figure out. But you don't have to figure it out by yourself. You've got a playbook. You've got Jesus in your heart, Holy Spirit, to lead and to teach you. Think of a few Proverbs. Proverbs 16.3, do you know it? Commit to the Lord all that you do and your plans will succeed. Remember, it's about Him being in the driver's seat behind the wheel, not you. Commit to the Lord all that you do and your plans will succeed. Let Him be in control of everything. That's the hard part, right? And then um, words of Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. We're having you Sunday come up popular verses then. Trust the Lord with all your heart lean not all your own, and, and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him. And he will make your path straight. Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. Running the race, your race, your life. In a way where you break the tape with joy and you experience all of the blessings all along the way. What does that look like? What can it look like? Well, God wants you to find out. Is it hard to take first? Yes. Are the blessings greater than you can imagine? Absolutely. You know, when I stop and I think about my life, and I think about the moments lived, and Satan is so good at bringing challenges all the way along to break us down, 
to get us to quit, to stop, to get us to get be distracted and focus on other things. When I think about the times when I've been focused and filled with purpose and running with all of my might towards Jesus, those are the best moments. And the blessings are full and rich and beautiful. And in those moments, people are one for Christ. And people are equipped to serve. And I had the beautiful privilege of just humbly being salt and light in those moments. Just as is true for you. So whether you're running the race and you're thinking about what that looks like for you as an individual or you're thinking about what that means for this entire body of Jesus Christ to walk out of here and run a race together, how's it going? How's your race? What's your life look like? Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, Run the race in such a way as to claim the prize to win. You will never, ever regret it. Yeah. Will you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you so much for your word and truth. I thank you so much for the privilege of being able to do life together, to serve you and to see you do incredible things. Lord, I pray that in our individual lives, and as a body of Jesus Christ, we would run for your glory and for your honor. We would run for your purposes and for your plans. Lord, we'd run to win people to Christ and equip them to serve. You're a good and a glorious God. And we give you praise for the truth that you have in our lives. And how we can experience in rich and beautiful and deep ways from day to day. In your precious and in your awesome name we pray.